Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Sky Guasco, back in the hot seat for the waiver wire episode, but we have some bonus coverage. That's right, folks. We're in the, I guess, semifinals coming up here in your fantasy playoffs. Maybe, crazily, you're heading into the finals. Hopefully that's not the case for you. Most of us are heading into the semifinals this week. If you're still in a two-week format, you might be heading into the second round of your first round, if that makes sense. I know that our friend Beach is doing that. So welcome into the podcast. Very excited to get this show going. I have been rolling solo the last couple episodes, but my man Dweez has been with me. And Dweez is out this week, so I'm super excited to be back with my boys here, Bobby Lamarco and Jordan Delavalle. Bobby and I ran shows seemingly every day all summer long, first half of the season, and then life got crazy for both of us, and we separated. It was it was like uh, it was one of those like it's not you, it's me. You know what I mean? I had to go to Bob, give him like the the reverse Costanza, and just kind of like Bob, it's not you, it's me. I need to take a break, so we had a separation. Jordan. My man was holding it down with the Tuesday episodes, he and I, every single night for the first half of the weekend. Again, I had to bail from that. These guys have been picking up the slack, doing a wonderful, wonderful job. But I'm so happy to combine two episodes tonight, waiver wires for week 16, and maybe a look ahead to week 17. And, of course, we got the week trends looking in and the top takeaways from the NFL week 15 last week. We're going to do a little co-hosting here. Jordan's got a big game with his Eagles. Bob's got some news with the Giants losing Sterling Shepard, losing Daniel Jones, looking ahead to 2022. We got a lot going for episode 525. Bob, JDV, how are we feeling? Go ahead, Jordan. You go first. Sky said a lot of things that made me upset, so I need to, I need to take it in a little bit here. I'm, I'm feeling excited. I was a little worried when the Eagles got, got pushed to this Tuesday game, but... Now I'm I'm feeling better. Gilbert's still starting. Eagles are looking up. They got a no Daniel Jones, no no Shepard that you mentioned next week against the Giants, and we come back at football team again. I've noticed every time you ask me, my I, my mood's very much very much based on the Eagles' upcoming schedule and who they're playing or who they just played. Um, but I saw a tweet the other day that was like, you know, men, men pick their favorite sports team when they're 11, and then let that upset them for the rest of their lives, and it it, it hit home with me. <laughs> Yeah. See, that's true. I, I don't worry about it. I just pick the best teams in the league every year. And that way, that way I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about it. Like I'm a quote unquote Niners fan, but you know, right now, like let's go, let's go Packers uh, easy. Right. And uh, it's hard not to root for my, my chargers as well. So Bob, how you feeling, man? Looking, looking forward to 2022 for the New York football giants, but uh, how are we feeling for fantasy? We looking in the driver's seat. You're looking forward to some uh, semifinal matches. How are we doing? I'm full tilt. Uh, this Tuesday, by now I should know, I should be either depressed and uh, starting to rationalize all, reviewing my week three sit start sit that I made <laughs> that somehow affected my playoff seating and why I'm not in the playoff second rounds, or I should be happy that I survived. I am unfortunately in a moment, there's these doubleheader Tuesday game where I got, I'm down 18 in my biggest league. He's got Dallas Goddard. So Jordan, I just need you to calm the F down with the Dallas Goddard stuff today. I have Matt Gay, I have uh, Gerald Everett, I got Antonio Gibson, and I got um, somebody else, and I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, um, Eagles defense. So I have a lot, according to Sleeper, I'm at 92% chance of having a heart attack and winning this week. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to that the most. Backing up just a brief moment about Sky's comments, uh, we did sign an NDA about our issues that happened in September because of the breakup. We have decided to just throw it out and move forward with our relationship. So congratulations, everyone. We're back together once again. Uh, but I want to bring up some updates, guys. Listen, of course, we've been watching closely all day about this, some of these COVID news. And Jordan has kind of teased it a little bit. We do have no Taylor Heineke. We do have no Kyle Allen. That means Garrett Gilbert will be the starting quarterback today. Signed off the Patriots practice squad just a handful of days ago. Now, I did post a tweet recently about Garrett Gilbert's lone start with the Dallas Cowboys. He went 243, one touchdown, one interception. 
But just keep in mind that Gilbert was playing with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Callum, Dalton Schultz, and Zeke Elliott behind the Dallas offensive line, and he threw for 243. So I think this week he's going to have a little bit harder time, hopefully, because if the Eagles don't play well, I'll be flying out to Philadelphia to spend some time with Jordan, (laughs) and it's not going to be fun for anyone if that's not the case. But any quick thoughts, Jordan, about this? Uh, Are you excited more? It seems like you have much more of a good aura because you might be facing Jake Fromm next week. So you're just all about the third-string quarterbacks. All about the third-string quarterbacks. I, I know, uh, you know, just even looking at this week, not, you mentioned some of the names that are missing, obviously, the quarterbacks. But Curtis Samuel's out. McKissick's out. A lot of this offensive line for the Washington football team is also out. So, I mean, it's not just the quarterback play. It's, it's almost the entire Washington team that is now out. Obviously, hence why it got pushed to, to Tuesday was because of some of these COVID issues. But – uh at least for this week it's it's almost like a i was about to say a no lose situation but it's like if we do lose it's it's one of the most depressing losses i think i'll have as an eagles fan yeah sam cosme is back right tackle he's gonna be replacing lucas who is was replacing him who knows who's the starter anymore at that point but lucas should be the main guy but cosme has started a lot of games they are losing their like best interior offensive brandon sheriff uh, defensively, it's a it's a rotating door. I mean, they got some guys back off COVID, but they're still missing a lot of guys. The Eagles are all also missing some interior offensive linemen in this game, so that should be interesting. Either way, just need everyone just to have a nice, normal day today, and we'll be okay. That 92% on sleep will be good. Another big name, though, is Tyler Lockett is officially out, and Alex Collins. Sky, I'm going to kick this over to you, man. What's your thoughts on this? Do you think Gerald Everett was the right play? Please tell me yes. I will tell you that after we give a shout out to our friends at Bet Online. Stay tuned. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NFL season and the NBA season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all football and basketball action this season. Make sure to head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE50. That's B L E A V 50. Believe 50 to receive your bonus. From football to basketball to NHL to boxing to UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 seasons. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All, All right. right, let's hype, let's hype Bob up on Gerald Everett here. All right, so Gerald Everett, I think is is a good play with Tyler Lockett out. I expect a big game, hopefully, for DK Metcalf. I've been thinking about this all day long, boys, and it's been like remember opposite day at school, you know, where you had like the little the little jerk kid that ran around the playground was like said something to you, it was like mean, and then if you turned them in to be in trouble, they'd be like, oh, it's opposite day. I didn't mean that, you know, whatever. I think it's like opposite week for the NFL, right? All the good mm. players are studs. I can't even go down the entire list. Most of our just prolific weekly studs laid an egg this week. And a bunch of guys some of us have never even heard of, or we did hear of four years ago, i.e. our boy Duke Johnson comes out and they're the week winner, right? So my thinking is maybe Cooper Cup comes back down to earth tonight. We'll see what happens. I'm not hexing anybody. But maybe DK Metcalf actually wakes up as well, and a random guy that nobody other than Bobby has been talking about all season long, Gerald Everett, could be going lit tonight. He's got two targets last week. You hate that. Before that, though, six, nine, four, and eight after the bye week, he did not play against the Rams the first time. Without Tyler Lockett in there, DK is going to be the deep guy. Obviously, Swaim is going to be the other one. I think Everett should have more work, and Russ looked much better last week. It's going to be a lot of Elijah, um, Elijah Penny, excuse me, Rashad Penny and Gerald Everett, hopefully around the goal line there for you, Bob. Yeah, listen, what I was thinking about Gerald Everett, it has a lot to do with Tyler Lockett, but it's also that revenge game narrative. Remember, Shane Waldron comes from L.A., so does Gerald Everett. And the other thing with Everett is last week's game, the two-target game was against Houston. They had a big lead. They leaned on Will Disley in the run game to block. Everett's not his strength. So this week, the Rams should put up points against Seattle, who is, by the way, going to be down one of their best outside cornerbacks this week so that could be helpful for those guys like Odell Beckham but let's dive in some notable injuries before we dive into the takeaways I'm going to do a quick rundown here 
throw out a bunch of names, and then, Jordan, I'm going to go to you first. You let me know which one you want to grab and hold. There's just a bunch of them. Of course, it's Pat Firemuth, concussion, his second one in just a matter of a couple weeks. That I usually do. means he might miss some time, unfortunately, for players like myself who have him on your rosters against Kansas City next week. It looks like you're going to have to look elsewhere. Teddy Bridgewater, same Teddy Bridgewater, same thing. Concussion, looks like he's going to be out. Drew Locke is in. Probably going to see how that impacts those receivers. Tim Patrick actually had a nice day last week. Evans, Godwin, and Fournette. I think that's the biggest trio of them all. Antonio Brown coming back. How are we feeling about Ronald Jones potentially in the next couple weeks? Joe Mixon should be limited this week in practice, but it sounds like he avoided a major injury. Sterling Shepard, of course, the Achilles. I mean, just I can't. With the Giants, Sky's running backs and my receivers, they don't disappoint when it comes to injuries. It's un. Believable. It really Clockwork, is. baby. Clockwork. Uh, it's, uh, it's super weird because Elijah Mitchell is now going to be out potentially again because it's a short week playing on Thursday. So it looks like Jeff Wilson is going to be back up in action. Julio Jones once again pulls a hamstring. I mean, at some point, you just got to say it's done. It looks like it might be the case for Julio. Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill both on COVID. Will they be return in time? We don't know. Jared Goff, the white hot Jared Goff, recently hit the COVID list. Kendrick Bourne on COVID. MVS on COVID. Cole Beasley, the latest player on COVID. So, Jordan, let's go to you first. Any of those, what's your biggest takeaway from all those injuries heading into week 16? I think that the biggest one has to be all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers injuries because of the offense that, you know, Tampa Bay has. They're, they've been a prolific offense. Obviously, weren't this last week. Tom Brady, I mean, that had to have been his worst fantasy game in how many years? Like, maybe since he played a half a game. Um, but... That offense is, is going to be a, a prolific offense. They're going to have, especially with Antonio Brown coming back, if if Evans misses time, right, with Godwin, with the 20 ACL, AB would be the clear number one. Uh, Ronald Jones was a top 24 running back last year uh, in that offense. So now he comes back to the full workload out of the backfield. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn may, may come in there, but uh, you saw him drop a pass. Brady's obviously a... a a bit picky about who he throws to out of the backfield. So, um, you know, I think that's the one that I'm keying in on there. There's a lot of other guys where, you know, Fryermuth in, in Pittsburgh, it's one tight end out, one tight end in. Um, and obviously I don't think you're really going to be looking at the third tight end technically with Ebron uh, on Pittsburgh as, as a fantasy option for you, yeah. especially in the playoffs. Um, so I think really the, the, the key takeaway is that the, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense now is going to be completely changed in terms of who the key playmakers are, depending on who's available. Um, so I think there's a lot of value there, especially on your waiver wire, waiver wire uh, whether it's Ronald Jones, Scotty Miller, uh, Tyler Johnson. Um, but those are some guys that that I'm keeping an eye on out of, out of all those that you rattled off there real quick. Sky, thoughts? Yeah, I think another uh, two names you didn't mention that I just think are important to note here. Uh, Austin Eckler also potentially in the COVID protocols. Uh, oddly enough, he he was on the original COVID list. The team released the list. The NFL released a list today of who was on that list, and Bobby ran down 99% of them. Uh, but Austin Eckler was no longer on the list. So it's a little confusing whether he's in trouble or not. So just be careful there. And Justin Jackson we'll talk about later in the waiver section here. Uh, the other one here is, is Tyler Huntley, and this might be short-lived, but we can't go any further without talking about my man's crushing it. 40 fantasy points this week. Very Lamar Jackson, right? I mentioned it multiple times. The missus is a Ravens fan, and uh, it was, you know, it was a, a spotlighted game anyway. But we watched that whole game, and there were multiple times I'm watching that game casually thinking Lamar Jackson, like it looked like Lamar Jackson out there. He played very well. We'll see if Lamar can actually come back. But if he can't, Tyler Huntley is certainly worth a pickup here. We'll get to that in the waivers as well. But just like, some other names to kind of flex up a little bit. Bob had a great list there, but just two other names I wanted to spotlight as well before we move on. Yeah, that was actually my number one takeaway from the week. So, Sky, thanks so much. This is why we don't do shows together anymore. This is the problem I'm having with the lack of chemistry these days. Uh, no, that's Steel. great. It's not boom roasted. Uh, but I will go into top takeaways in just a moment. But our takeaways this week are brought to you by one of our sponsors, Care Factor. And we'll be back right after this quick commercial break. We'll dive into all our top takeaways for this week. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause. 
such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carafactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarafactor.com. That's shop.mykerafactor.com. Carafactor, skincare for hair. All right, folks, we're going to talk about top takeaways from week 15. Of course, this messes up the whole – look at Jordan's head's cut off, so we're going to get rid of that banner. I want Jordan's beautiful face on the screen <laughs> in full. But anyway, top takeaways. Listen, because Sky had to jump the gun, let's get right into it. Tyler Huntley basically in four-point passing touchdown leagues and pretty much across the board. The QB won on the week, four total touchdowns. But this week he has a division game against Cincy. So let's say Lamar Jackson's out, Sky. Talk to me about Tyler Huntley. Are you buying him this week as another start? 100% absolutely am. Uh, the ghost of Cam Newton showed back up this week as well. Rushing quarterbacks can make it happen at any given time. Taysom Hill, right? Not getting it done with the arm. Doesn't matter. He can run a little bit. Buoys that game. Kyler Murray got put in his place this week by the Detroit Lions. Shouts out to our Detroit family. But rushing ability buoys him a little bit as well very Lamar Jackson numbers right 40 pass attempts only 200 yards passing but he had two rushing touchdowns two passing touchdowns if Lamar is in fact out or frankly even questionable by the time I'm putting in waiver claims and I need a quarterback or I have Lamar or frankly I'm playing defense in a super flex league from somebody that might need a quarterback I'm absolutely targeting Tyler Huntley that's awesome. The great statement because my second takeaway is the underrated fantasy day for Cam Newton. Five, 15 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. He's the QB3 on the week, according to four point per passing touchdown leagues. But this week against Tampa, Sam Donald's back. So, Scott, um, Jordan, give me your thoughts about Cam. If he gets the nod again, are you willing to start him against Tampa Bay this week? Yeah, I mean, as long as he gets the start, it's the same thing that, that Sky kind of mentioned. I mean, <clears throat> you just saw Tampa Bay kind of bottle up uh, Taysom Hill. Um, but I think I have a little bit more confidence in the athlete that Cam Newton is uh, over Taysom Hill, um, especially with the offense. I mean, I know Carolina doesn't have a lot of weapons, but as long as DJ Moore's there, as long as Robbie Anderson's there, um, I think that there's enough of an opportunity for Cam to run against that uh, Tampa Bay defense. Um, you know, they're pretty good at getting pressure on the quarterback, but Cam's good at being mobile, right? Um, a lot of the times the success that the Tampa Bay defense has is against immobile quarterbacks. Um, so again, I'm, I, it, it's all relative. Uh, if I have Jalen Hurts, obviously I'd rather start Jalen Hurts against the Giants. Uh, Bob, every episode I'm on with you, I, I get into a little Eagles Giants, uh, little, little, little nugget, right. but I don't blame you. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is Sky, please. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Me and Jordan could obviously have some clever banter, and then Sky's trying to promote some fighting on camera on you. Sorry, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I got Frank Gore in my backdrop here, and I'm just so fired up on the, uh, <laughs> oh, I know the, the, the fight with Frank Gore. Oh, don't get, man. don't get, don't get me riled up. First of all, he <laughs> lost. He lost on purpose. First of all, let's, let's be sure. He lost on purpose because he doesn't want an immediate, follow up with the media because the Niners are about to sign him in two weeks for the Super Bowl run. He's got to get fresh back in football shape. It all makes sense. It was just unfortunate to see him go down. Sorry, Jordan, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, but again, it's all relative to wrap up. And uh, if I have a top five option or something like that, I'm, I'm rolling them out. Um, but if I've been streaming at the position um, throughout the fantasy season, if I had Heineke, Mayfield, like – any of these guys that I now need a pivot option going into next week as well. Um, I, I'd certainly be looking at cam as probably a top 12 option. To be fair about the Taysom Hill situation, the Bucks offense was so bad that if you watch that game, the saints were kind of like, we know that until Tampa Bay shows us something, 
They kept running. How many Mark Ingram one-yard runs did we see to help burn the clock? It was insane. But Smart. I think the Saints just – it was. I mean, hey, they got they got the yeah. W, so that's all that matters. But the Saints own Tom Brady during the regular season for some reason. I think Tampa Bay comes back. Even with the depleted weapons, A.B. has a big game, et cetera. So I think that's there. But we're going to jump over. Forget about the Eagles, the Giants situation that we're at. We're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. My third takeaway is the – the reborn Jeff Wilson finally delivers for fantasy managers, probably when most people sat him after he was so bad. Does it against Atlanta, 21 for 110 and 1. Elijah Mitchell's another game-time decision because they're playing on the short week against the Titans. So, Sky, give me your thoughts about Jeff Wilson. Are you starting him with confidence against the Titans this week? Titans are the number one defense against fantasy running backs. That was shocking to me when I looked it up. It didn't make sense. I don't think like it doesn't seem like that's the case. They don't seem like a scary defense. They are the number one defense against fantasy running backs. Am I starting Jeff Wilson? If Elijah Mitchell is out, yes, I am starting him. Look, Wilson, when he's gotten the work over the last couple of weeks, he's gotten the work. He's gotten, you know, 12, 14, 18 touches, which is what the 49ers get. The difference is the line wasn't totally healthy. They weren't able to kind of break some of those 6, 8, 12 chunk plays. And they were finally able to do that last week. Again, it's going to be a lot of game script. But look, man, uh, the this version of the Titans versus this version of the 49ers, this could be like 12 play drives back and forth, just each team with 50% of the, of the time of possession and like 13-10 kind of a game slugfest. Wilson is also the goal line back. So I, I like that as well. Doesn't catch too many passes. I'm not worried about it. This point, look, if you're in this part of the, the season, there's about four teams left in most leagues right now, and you're playing and you need Jeff Wilson, I'm absolutely playing him if you don't have better options. And listen, Pro Football Doc did say pretty much all year that Jeff Wilson's not going to be back to health until December. He got back sooner than we thought, but his production on the field maybe wasn't ready because the knee wasn't 100%. So that could be another factor. My next takeaway is J James Robinson has been unleashed 18 for 75 and one took over all the work. Goodbye, Urban Meyer. He also had six targets. Didn't do much with them, but still a clear workhorse. Carlos Hyde was recently put on IR. So it sounds like we're going to have a lot of James Robinson and guess what? He's playing the jets this week. So Jordan, give me your two cents about J Rob. What's your thoughts about him moving forward? Yeah. I mean, it's back to basically what he was last year for fantasy coming into the season. The biggest concerns with James Robinson were a, the Jaguars drafted Travis Etienne uh, and B uh, urban Meyer and his play calling. And obviously just didn't utilize James Robinson the way that he should be utilized as a workhorse back for that team. Now that he owns the field has pretty much the entire share coming out of it. Um, even though it's an offense that isn't the top offense isn't a prolific offense. We've seen that fantasy relevant players, whether it is at the running back wide receiver uh, position can come out of bad offenses just because of an opportunity. James Robinson is going to have the largest market share, you know, opportunity that he's had all season last week. We saw it. We're going to see it moving forward as well. There's no reason to think that that should change. And so I think he's a absolute, you know, full systems go if you if you're still in the playoffs uh, with James Robinson. Another one we're going to jump down to is Dante Foreman. I mean, listen, this guy. I, when I was talking about him a couple weeks ago, I didn't realize he was a two thousand yard rusher his last year in Texas. The guy was a beast. He's finally looking healthy. He gets twenty two carries for one hundred and eight yards. He out carries Hilliard and McNichols twenty two to fifteen for those other two backs. He does have a short week against your 49ers, so. Tell me, Sky, what's your thoughts about Dante Foreman? Are you starting against the 49ers this week? Yeah, again, if again, if this is a running back and you have to stream running backs, you went zero RB from the beginning or you've just been dreaded by uh, unfortunate running backs, or frankly, you had a stud running back that just wet the bed this weekend and and you know, you're in trouble or something like that, then yes, Dante Foreman's fine. Coming into the NFL with the Houston Texans, there was a lot of hype for him. Uh, he tore his Achilles, and then I think he tore his ACL because of the Achilles. After he missed like his first three years or something, unfortunately. But yes, he was a beast in college. And look, the Titans have proven. Obviously, nobody's Derrick Henry, but whoever is that running back is going to get the work. Like Jeff Wilson, like next man up for these 49ers, for the Ravens, for the Saints, for the Titans. 
whoever is going to be that running back is somebody you want because of the scheme. So, yes, the Niners are, are pretty stout up front. But, again, in the same game, I'm telling you, I'm feeling Jeff Wilson and Deonta Foreman both getting probably 15, 20 opportunities in this game because they're, they're not going to be able to out-throw each other. I think it's just going to be kind of a, a, a slug in the mud a little bit. So, sure, I'll take both running backs, but I don't see huge upside for either one of them, unfortunately. Next takeaway for me is I was looking through this is Devin Singletary is now a workhorse this week. He gets 22 what? carries for eight. It only took three yards. It only took forever, but this guy got 22 carries this week. I know they had a big lead against the Panthers, but they used him early often. 22 carries, 86 yards, a touchdown. But then they're playing New England this week. So, Jordan, give us your two cents about this takeaway. What are your thoughts about Devin Singletary? Are you confident in him moving forward? Yeah, right before you mentioned it, the first thing on the top of my mind was next week's matchup and that they are playing New England. And the sad part of that is that I do not want to trust, even though you know we see what happened last week with Devin Singletary, I don't want to trust that that's going to happen again uh, coming into next week. Um, there's been no evidence of that being a trend that hasn't been a slow uptick in, in work until that point where they've you know been slowly working him back from injury, yada, yada, yada. This kind of came almost out of nowhere. Um, and so to be able to trust that to come into next week facing New England's defense isn't something I really want to be doing. And if I have Devin Singletary on my team, it's probably not something I have to do. And so I think what I would advise is if I have Devin Singletary, I don't play him this week against New England. Instead, I roll with whatever two other backs I've probably been running with the entire season, see how his utilization and workload is this week against New England. And then the following week, championship week of your playoffs, you then have him against Atlanta. So he gets another 20-plus carries against New England, even if he doesn't smash like he did this week, but still has the workload. I can then feel comfortable in championship week relying on that workload against Atlanta. Okay. Next guy is listen, a lot of heavy running back usage this week. The Detroit Lions, Craig Reynolds, huh? The new hotness. Is he this year? He might be this year's like dark horse, saver of all fantasy teams. There's 26, always a couple. 26 carries, 112 yards. Of course, we're not 100% sure what's going on with Swift and Williams just yet, but it doesn't sound like Detroit's in much uh, rush to get Swift back at least. What's the point of rushing him back? And it sounds like Reynolds might have earned himself a lot more work down the stretch this year. They are playing at Atlanta. So we just brought up that matchup against Atlanta, who just got smoked by Jeff Wilson. So, Sai, tell me what your thoughts about Craig Reynolds. Is he in your waiver wire section coming up? Craig Reynolds is in the waiver wire section. However, he's you know outside of my top five because, surprisingly, this late in the season, I do have a handful of other uh, backup running backs. So I'm not excited to play Craig Reynolds. Yes, he's been fun. Uh, there's always guys like this late in the season that pop off and get opportunity and, and end up winning – people championships so he could be one of those people although I will say that you know DeAndre Swift's been out a couple of weeks but he's kind of on that fringe like he could be practicing could be playing they could just shut him down be healthy or not because it's the Lions and they want this kid for another five years and there's no reason to rush him back who's had some injuries unfortunately over a short career and then Jamal Williams is kind of in and out of the picture as well and then what version of the Lions are you actually going to get very motivated like we saw against the Cardinals or are you gonna get gonna get one of those classic cases where they come out, crush on the Cardinals? I mean, obviously the biggest upset in the last five years in the NFL, but then kind of be too high next week and then roll out, you know, a dud or whatever. So uh yeah, I mean, again, another running back that's gonna get opportunity. I like that, but am I excited to play him? No, I'd rather have Dante Foreman, who we've talked about, or Jeff Wilson over Craig Reynolds. Mute. Classic me right there. Trying to be quiet for Sky. I know he likes to focus when he's giving his takes. And look at me, I'm on mute. Anyway, we're going to focus now to receivers. One of the biggest takeaways, not a, from not a, from a production standpoint, from a usage standpoint, Rashad Bateman sees an expanded role, leads the team in routes, only sees two targets this week against Cincinnati. Jordan, any thoughts about Rashad Bateman's expanded role? Are you excited to start him, or are you going to fade him because of the lack of targets? Uh, mostly fading just because of the lack of targets. I mean, unfortunately you don't get fancy points for routes run. Um, and there's obviously the possibility, like we've seen him have the eight to 10 target weeks where he does dominate that target share. Unfortunately, this offense, uh, whether, uh, Huntley or Lamar is under center is going to probably go through 
uh, Mark Andrews. It has for the last couple of weeks. He's they're you know one of their best talents, and even from a wide receiver position, Bateman's still competing with with Hollywood um, in terms of targets, and just hasn't gotten a lot of targets with a few you know flip games here and there. So, in terms of like if I need a hero play, like yeah, Bateman's a, a great option for that, just because of what his talent level is. But in terms of opportunity and targets, he's not someone that you can rely on, especially in the fantasy playoffs, where you know if if he puts up a goose or gives you a, Two for twenty-two. You're you're, you know, in a hole early in your playoff matchup. Now, if you want to talk about targets, here's my next guy. Laquan Treadwell leads the team. Is he the new number one, folks? Nine targets leads the team in routes. For some reason, he comes in uh, this week. He gets the Jets, guy. I mean, listen. In your let's say you're in a sixteen team league, fourteen team, three wide receiver. Any shot Laquan Treadwell in that prime matchup finds his way into your lineups this week. Oh God, Laquan! Are we doing the Are we doing the Laquan Treadwell thing again? Yes, say yes. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna spoiler alert a little bit. Let me throw out Tyler Johnson. I'll throw out Alan Lazard slash MVS. I'll throw out Scotty Miller, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jalen Guyton, Josh Reynolds. A bunch of randos I'd rather have at my wide receiver nine at this point of the season over somebody like Laquan Treadwell. The pedigree coming out of college, phenomenal. Never got a – he actually did get a, a legitimate opportunity with Minnesota. Didn't quite capitalize, unfortunately. Yes, it worked. You know what? Honestly, though, you mentioned James Robinson. You mentioned Laquan Treadle. I think this is like the Jaguars just super rallying around each other and being like, all the bullshit, we want to get this out of the locker room. Let's come out, guns a-blazing, have a good game, fire up new opportunities, new guys who haven't had work, getting work. Laquan Treadle was that guy this week. I'm just not buying it long-term until we see it multiple times. If people are new to fantasy or new to the NFL, may not even know this guy, and he's been in the league like six years because he just hasn't had the consistency, unfortunately, Bob. And for me, this point of the season, I'm not playing a guy that I just had, uh, you know, Craig Reynolds, uh, Laquan Treadle. I'm not playing it for the back-to-back weeks. If I get burned, I get burned. I'd rather play a guy, again, like Jalen Guyton, Gabriel Davis, Alan Lazard, that I know at least has given me a few opportunities. All right, let's talk about those Bucks receivers in our last takeaway for the week. It looks like Tyler Johnson might be playing that Chris Godwin role. He led the team in routes. He also played a lot in the slot last week. Did have a nice, you know, seven targets or so, but the Bucks were just a disaster. Jordan, give me your two cents about the Bucks. I know Antonio Brown's coming back, but is there any interest in Tyler Johnson, maybe a Scotty Miller this week or in the next two weeks uh, based on the fact there's no Godwin and Evans? Yeah, I think it's really going to depend on Evans's availability. I mean, I think he's labeled right now as week to week with the hamstring. Um, if Evans and Brown do play, obviously my interest level in Tyler Johnson and definitely Scotty Miller plummet uh, a good bit. Um, however, there's obviously volume and opportunity for value at the fantasy um, position for all of these Tampa Bay wide receivers. The question is, who's it going to be? Um, this week is a little bit of a throwaway for me in terms of how were these wide receivers schemed in because the game plan was not to have to rely on these wide receivers in this in this game. So when Godwin went down, uh, you know, just Tyler Johnson just fell into wherever Godwin was schemed in for this game plan. Um, we now have a obviously a full week of knowing that if Godwin and Evans missed, the, the Bucks are planning for that uh, in their in their scheme, and so. Uh, I would expect Tyler Johnson to be the two uh, across from Brown uh, if both got, or well, Godwin's missing, but if Evans misses as well. So interest level is a little bit higher, higher in Tyler Johnson uh, than Scotty Miller. Yep. All right, those are my takeaways for today, guys. Any other things that you guys caught that I might have not brought up this week? Anything that caught your eye? I mean, I have a bunch of tight end stuff, but I was going to save that for my streamer show tomorrow. But what else do you guys got? Sky, you first. Any takeaways from this weekend you want to bring up before we move on? I'm worried about Tom Brady for the rest of the fantasy playoffs. And this is some, I mean, number two quarterback who doesn't run the football coming into the weekend and uh, obviously loses his two top weapons. And then we'll look AB coming back. I'm excited about it. I've kept him on my waivers for the last month and we know the AB show, unfortunately, but if he's coming back, Arian's giving him a shot. Brady's going to trust him. We saw that Brady is going to hyper target the person he knows Leonard Fournette got hyper-targeted before he went out because he's familiar with him, right? So I liked Tyler Johnson. I like uh, Scotty Miller as well. 
But if AB does play, he's going to have 15, 20 targets in this game. So I'm excited about that. But Brady overall, you've been able to rely on him in single quarterback leagues and super flex to get you here. Honestly, Bob, I'm not really counting on him to get me the rest of the way. And I'm going to prepare my lineups and my waiver claims for that until we until we see it because Tom Brady is the best ever. But in fantasy world, I just don't think he has the upside anymore without Godwin and Evans. Sorry, what if it's what if it's Gronk? What if Evans, Gronk, and AB all all play? Then sure, but Evans, unfortunately, the the only the only glitch in the armor for Evans over the years, he's been absolutely dominant. I mean, six five, he's a huge target, red zone weapon, all that stuff. Uh, the hamstrings that's that's been his only issue in his career, and my concern is. Um, once you have one, it you know you don't take a week off, a, a two weeks off. It's colder weather these years. Granted, they're in Florida, I understand, but uh, it's a bad time of year to get a hamstring issue. And um, I'm just not as excited. Yes, Gronk helps, uh, but we saw. Look, Gronk got neutralized, right? And then they didn't have the other weapons to open up Gronk. That's a problem. So yes, AB is going to help, um, and these other guys with a whole week to prepare are going to help. Like Brady's probably going to be fine, top twelve. But I've been starting him for 15 weeks, hoping for top five upside, and he's given me that most of the time. I just don't see it moving forward. I think that they're going to be Ronald Jones and run game heavy with a couple play actions and just try to win the game on defense. I, I want to say one thing, too. I, I, I literally wrote a note because I ran out of page. It says more on next page, and I decided not to say these. But I want to say two quick ones. Forster Morneau, I know, has not produced big time, but this week he did seven for 65. He's been dealing with his own injury, but he got a full practice in before this week. He also led the team in routes. That's what Darren Waller usually does, and he was not doing that prior. So if Waller misses again, he has Denver. That's a tougher matchup, but he got nine targets this week. The other one is Hunter Henry. He ran 39 routes to only five for Jonu. That is huge. Six for 77-2. and two. He gets Buffalo this week. Buffalo has been a little bit yeah, susceptible to tight ends versus the receivers this year. So two tight end takeaways right there. But those are pretty much all our takeaways from this week. Uh, before we dive into all that, we're going to take a quick commercial break for one of our new sponsors, Lightbox. And then Sky's going to start diving into all of our waiver wire discussions for this week. Shout out to our new sponsor, Lightbox. Say goodbye to the dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones of blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as classic white diamonds. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off and priced so they won't have to. They really make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, Sky. Take it over, baby. Let's do this. Here we go. I'm going to bring it up one time. Waiver Wire ads brought to you by our friends at Lightbox. And again, with the formatting, we're going to get rid of that immediately. So thanks to our new sponsor, Lightbox. We appreciate you. Great sponsor and opportunity with the holidays coming up here around the corner. All right, boys, here's the deal. I've been doing the waiver show here with Dweez. Dweez has been in and out. He's got some family stuff. He's a, he's a hardworking man. Three hours ahead, so sometimes it's difficult for us in the late evenings to work out. He's with the kids tonight. All good. No worries there. I got you too, and I'm super excited about this. The way I've been breaking it down lately is I've been given this like 50-player list, and I've been spotlighting you know, three or four per position, but because I've got you two, it's, that would take for absolute ever. So I think what I'm going to do instead here is I'm going to just rattle off all the names that I have, and I'm just going to spitball every single one of them, and like Bob did, I'm going to go to Bob first, and I'm going to say, yo, man, pick one of these quarterbacks, bam, highlight them for me. And then we'll go to Jordan as well, pick a quarterback, highlight it for me, and then we'll move on here so we don't have to go through every single player. And then if there's an extra there, we can highlight that. So also, this is kind of in no particular order, and I usually have them in order, and I don't want to say it's totally random, but we still have two games yet to have, right? Like if you're listening live here on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter on the Fantasy Focus Network, we still have two games to happen. 
Um, if Jalen Hurts for some reason is like a last minute late scratch, obviously that's going to change things up, right? If if Taylor Heineke somehow makes it to the stadium last minute and plays, that's going to mix things up. If Lamar Jackson all of a sudden is healthy tomorrow, that's going to change things up before waiver wires. So it's a little crazy this week, and I apologize for not being more direct, but it's kind of the best we can do here. So let's go first here. And Bob, I'm going to go to you first here. Pick one of these quarterbacks. Give me a little bit of a spotlight. Jordan, follow up. Pick one as well, and then I'll follow up with one of mine also. Okay, here. So we talked about Tyler Huntley for Baltimore. This is completely um, – the caveat is completely Lamar Jackson. Obviously, if yeah. Lamar plays, then then he's out. But if not, I think Tyler Huntley is a great option here. Tua Tungvaloa back, playing very well recently. Miami Dolphins are playing pretty well. I want to get Tua in my lineup too if I – Still have him available. Now, most of these guys are single quarterback options, right, and streamers. But again, almost all these guys, I think I would play over Tom Brady at least this week, depending on what happens with Evans. Justin Fields, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, I got to keep throwing him in here. Ben Roethlisberger has surprisingly been quite good. 28 fantasy points in his last two road games. The Chiefs are much better on defense, but Ben has played better on the road for his whole career, it was Ben at home versus Ben on the road. Much better at home. Recently, it's been on the road. Matt Ryan, another option as well here, guys. So one more time. Tyler Huntley, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ben Roethlisberger, and Matt Ryan. Bob, highlight one of those guys for me. Yeah, well, I'm just – well, the thing is this. I'm kind of looking through this stuff too, and I'm trying to figure out – it's really matchup dependent. When you're talking about these guys, you're talking about streamers and for whatever reason – I think the only guy that I feel confident about, no matter what, is Tyler Huntley, the way he's played. But if Lamar's back, you know, there's there's, there's a not – you have to dive into each individual player's matchup, right? Big Ben has got the Chiefs. Who are the Chiefs? Are they the Chiefs defense that played right before the Chargers game and they completely dominated everybody? Is Big Ben closer to Justin Herbert or are those other quarterbacks? If so, you're not playing Big Ben. Justin Fields has the Seahawks. And listen, the Seahawks defense has been – Average pretty much across the board. They don't scare you, but, you know, Justin Fields didn't look too great last night against a Minnesota team that's really struggled all year on defense as well. So I think for my personal opinion, when I'm looking through this stuff, I mean, the Saints D seems to have Tom Brady's number, but prior to last week, they were pretty susceptible to quarterbacks. And I think Tua will be getting Waddle back. He has a healthy Devontae Parker. He has a healthy Mike Jazicki. He hasn't had his weapons in full. Now you got Duke Johnson back there losing his jibs. I mean, shit, it's seven years late, but we have finally got a workhorse game from Duke Johnson. I mean, John Filippo is losing his mind. Why do I say that? Because he was the only guy that believed in him way back in the day. Yep. But anyway, I digress. Tua, in my opinion, is probably the one I like here. I think the only problem with Tua is that the Saints – their formula is to run the football with Taysom Hill. That slows the game down. That takes the ball out of the hands of these other quarterbacks. So I think I think the matchup says Tua, but personally, I, you know, not a lot of these guys get me too excited, to be honest with you. Jimmy G against the Titans potentially as well. Um, but I think mine would be Tua with Parker back, with Waddle off COVID. I think that one probably is the most excitement. Jordan, who stands out for you? You know, I'm, I'm glad that Bob didn't take mine. Mine's actually uh, Justin Fields. We talked earlier about how rushing quarterbacks give you that floor that otherwise is, is you know, kind of do that safety of even with turnovers or, or limited passing work or passing touchdown, passing yardage. Rushing quarterbacks can for for fantasy. Um, obviously, this week uh, against Minnesota, Justin Fields is – was passing a lot, especially at the end of the game, almost puts up 300 yards passing, rushes for another 35, only throws one pass touchdown. And right now, obviously still four quarterbacks to play, but is the QB nine on the week. Uh, gets Seattle, uh, you know, this upcoming week. And just depending on who your options are, I mean, he's probably going to end up a, a top 12 quarterback this week in a week where he scored one touchdown. Uh, and it was a passing touchdown, granted, at the end of the game. Um, but you know, he has the ability to throw two in the air and, and one on the ground and just that rushing floor that he has, uh, going up against a, an average as, as Bob called it, Seattle defense. Um, if I'm looking at any, now the only caveat would be Tyler Huntley. I'd be prioritizing, especially if, uh, my opponent has Lamar. Um, you know, if your opponent has Lamar Jackson, you see that and you can pick, up uh, either outbid or, or have higher waiver priority i might be playing more defense um especially if i don't need the streamer but 
outside of that, if I'm if I'm looking for a streamer out of the wave, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I like that. Play defense on the waiver wires, folks. It's hard in the first round because you have six teams, eight teams, whatever. In the second round, there you're going to have four teams in most leagues, maybe six. You could play a little bit more defense. Quickly before we move on, guys, let's keep this like 30 seconds or less. I want to get your opinions. I've talked about it a little bit with Dweez, but I want to get your opinions. Thoughts on, okay, say you have a 10-person 10, 10 league, a 12-person league, doesn't matter. You get four playoff teams, six playoff teams. The rest of the league that does not make the playoffs for whatever reason, in a redraft league, dynasty obviously totally different, redraft-specific, teams that don't make the playoffs or get eliminated for the playoffs. In your opinion, Bob, are they allowed to play the waiver wire or not? League should set the rule first. And I, if, I, if I'm in the commissioner and there is no play, I see in my league, just really quick, I have play, we have NFL, we do a draft challenge where basically if you've been eliminated, you still play for the first overall pick. We have a tournament basically with the consolation bracket, plus the teams that make the playoffs and get eliminated fall into the, con- it's a, it's actually pretty cool. So that is true. But my one rule of thumb is, and I this is what I do personally, the leagues I'm eliminated, I don't put a fab in. I put a $0 bid in on waivers, and I'm free agents or free game. Um, if I'm eliminated completely, no, you're not playing. Don't pick up people. Come on. Like, it's ridiculous. You're not playing for anything. I think it's ridiculous. So no. But that's up to the commissioner. The commissioners should all put in the rules in before the year starts. Jordan? I agree. My, my basic rule of thumb is if, if teams that are eliminated are still playing for something, then they should be allowed to pick up and uh, add bid, whatever. Um, and that, that rule kind of spans across whether it's a dynasty, you're obviously still playing for something. Uh, keeper leagues, you're still playing for, for next year. Even um, if it's like Bob's league where there's some consolation bracket or losers bracket that determines the draft order, you're still playing outside of that. I agree. If you're, if you're done and eliminated and your season's over, uh, roll with the team that you have, have fun with the team that you have. Um, but don't, don't be blocking the waiver wire. Likewise. I totally agree. You guys hit the nail on the head. Just want to get your opinion. All right, let's move on to running backs here. Bob, again, we'll go with you here. Rashad Penny, again, playing in just a few hours. Obviously if you're on the podcast side and you've downloaded the candlestick kids, fantasy football podcast, anywhere you listen to the believe podcast networks, then this is already, you know, behind the case. But in a few hours, we got the Seahawks and the Rams coming up here. So Rashad Penny still yet to play tonight. But this is a this is a defensive move too. If you have somebody that didn't play or was on IR or, or whatever, and you can drop them in Yahoo leagues, I think allows this. Then maybe you can still pick up Rashad Penny somehow, even if you don't need him. Yeah. But Rashad Penny is my number one waiver claim if available. But that's kind of weird because he's playing later. All right, Justin Jackson. Again, I mentioned earlier, Austin Eckler is on or not on the COVID list. It's early in the week. It's weird, but like Justin Jackson might be worth a scoop up. Played very well in limited opportunity last week. Samaje Pirine, excuse me, for the Bengals with Joe Mixon. Duke Johnson, I think, was fun for a week. He does get the Chargers. It's a plus matchup. I don't love um, I don't love it necessarily moving forward here. Uh, but then we talked about Craig Reynolds as well that I just wanted to like put the name out. Um, but again, I'm not exactly excited about him so a lot of handcuff opportunities again if jeff wilson is still out there somehow in leagues i'm in a 10-team league that's stacked obviously all rosters are stacked but we don't have a deep ir bench so jeff wilson is a guy a guy that is available in a league like this so rashad penny justin jackson samaji piran and jeff wilson with craig reynolds and duke johnson maybe at the bottom bob will go to you who stands out i'm gonna say this first um so if you're in Yahoo and certain sleeper leagues, even if a player has played, you could scoop up a player that is hasn't played yet. So Yahoo definitely does this. Certain sleepers uh, leagues do this where you could actually, even if you had, let's say you had the Chiefs D and they played on Thursday, you could actually go pick up a player who has not played tonight, a Jordan Howard, a Rashad Penny, um, a Jarrett Patterson. If you are the owner of Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick was recently just put on IR. Jarrett Patterson makes sense to scoop up and handcuff because if something happens to Gibson tonight, Patterson looks he'll be the workhorse because JD is also out for three weeks. So that's important to note. Um, that being said, I, I like Craig Reynolds a lot against Atlanta. Atlanta struggled against the run. Look what Jeff Wilson just did to them. They got them. Also, Duke Johnson, listen, he is he actually FYI, he's playing the Saints. So that's why we don't love him. He's playing for the Dolphins. Houston oh, has my the bad. Chargers. I, I think I said hey, listen, it's okay. Duke Johnson as a Houston Texan makes sense. 
I get it. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I still I still have him as a brown, but anyway. Yeah, okay. Well, now this is – we've gone rogue. Anyway, um, my personal opinion is that I don't think they're going to bring back Williams, and I don't think they're going to bring back Swift. What is the point? I think you're going to keep giving this kid Reynolds the ball, and he's got Atlanta this week. So if I need a spot start, I like him a lot. So that's the guy I would pick amongst this group. Jay, how about you? Yeah, I'll go a different route. Obviously, if you want to spot start, I, I actually agree with Bob of, of going with Reynolds there. But if you don't need the spot start, if you're doing uh, essentially the, hey, I'm going to pick someone up, hope that, or not hope that, uh, in the event Just that in case. a starter, yeah, a, a starter goes down to injury, whether or not I have that starter, um, it's going to be Justin Jackson. Even in this week coming in, Eckler was kind of questionable, dealing with some injuries, didn't have the full workload. Uh, and Jackson had 86 yards on 13 carries, obviously against the Chiefs defense, but the Chiefs defense this year has been pretty solid. Um, you know, they're not the, the poorest defense that they were in years past. So if anything were to happen to Austin Eckler, uh, I think Justin Jackson is going to be that lead back. Uh, we've seen him be efficient as a lead back in this offense last year, also uh, was efficient um, in, his, in his carries last week as well. Um, and in the event that, you know, in case of emergency, one of your running backs does get COVID, like Justin Jackson's involved. It's not like you're adding a, a Ty Montgomery on the Saints uh, who's not going to be involved um, or another backup who, you know, Jarrett Patterson, who's has no value, essentially, unless someone goes down ahead of him. Justin Jackson's going to have a little bit of value that if you absolutely needed to because someone comes down with COVID, you, you could play him. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good move, and that's a good defensive move as well if you're going up against the Eckler manager or just somebody else in your playoffs. Has him just in case. All right, guys, there's always a lot of wide receivers, so I'm going to try to trim the fat here a little bit, but there's a, I got 18 names on my list. I'll try to spot about 10 of them and have you guys pick one or two now here. So, again, in no particular order, Gabriel Davis, Alan Lazard slash MVS for the Green Bay Packers. Amon Ross St. Brown, Rashad Bateman, we talked about Jalen Guyton, Laquan Treadwell, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Marquez Calloway as well. And, of course, you have to mention Antonio Brown, who could still be out on the waivers because he hasn't played in a month. So that's a huge list, obviously. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Laquan Treadwell, Lazard, MBS, Gabe Davis, Guyton, A.B., Rashad Bateman, Marquez Calloway, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Bob, scoop a name or two off that list. Somebody we haven't talked about. We've already talked about about half this list. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> pick somebody that we haven't talked about yet, even though I like the guys we have already talked about. Pick, um, pick someone Pick someone you have no research on, if you don't mind. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> let me just go uh, get right on that. You know, I, I will. I'll help out a little bit. I'm going to talk about the uh, the Detroit receivers. I, I think the good – so if this is the problem. Golf's on throw, COVID. Throw Josh Reynolds on there too then. Got to love Josh Reynolds. I mean, the other thing, too, though, is when I'm looking at – I want to just pull up this real quick because I, I have to – This the Atlanta Falcons have been a dumpster fire on defense. They have really struggled against receivers, even though this week somehow IU doesn't perform, which, you know, makes your head spin always. But Amon Ross St. Brown and Josh Reynolds have really separated themselves over the last few weeks, ever since Dan Campbell took over play calling. And we think Dan Campbell is this – yeah, they ran the ball with Craig Reynolds 26 times, but golf has looked a lot better, more comfortable. And listen, they're playing in the Dome against Atlanta, which is always nice. But golf has really zeroed in on Reynolds and Amon Ross St. Brown over the last few weeks with TJ uh, Hawkinson out. They don't have a backup tight end they're confident in, like Hawkinson. This has really opened the door for those guys. So I personally think in PPR, I really like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. And I think even in half and standard, I would like Josh Reynolds. He's really shown big plays. He scored in the, he scored in the last couple of weeks a couple of times. So I like the fact that the targets are narrowing into those two players, and I'd be confident with them in you know deeper formats against the Falcons. Jordan. Out of that list, for the guys that we haven't really talked about, uh, for me, it would be Jalen Guyton. Um, scores two weeks in a row this week, uh, doesn't have the, the target share or the, or the receptions that he had the week prior, um, with Keenan Allen out. Um, but I mean, he's just a guy that, again, it's an offense that is, is, uh, an efficient offense and is always going to have the ability to, to find the end zone. And if you're looking for a wide receiver three, potentially a, a prayer flex play, I mean, 
Guyton's going to be that guy that, you know, if we're talking about him versus Laquan Treadwell, him versus, um, you know, maybe even like Scotty Miller, if, if AB and, and, um, uh, like on it, uh, Mike Evans, if they play, I, I'd rather take the shot and, and upside of Jalen Guyton potentially scoring once or twice or, or having a big day deep ball, um, in the Chargers offense than I would, um, with some of those other names on that list. Likewise, uh, mine's kind of a che- cheater move here, but Antonio Brown's easily uh, my favorite move here. But if we take AB off the slate, because A is probably rostered and B, it's just pretty obvious there. I like the Jalen Guyton call there. Gabe Davis, man. Gabriel Davis, look, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, most likely gone next year for the Buffalo Bills. It's still going to be Stephon Diggs, but Gabriel Davis getting to be that steady number two next year. I love this kid in Dynasty in general. It's probably too late on that. Um, but he's going to be somebody that I'm drafting in the middle rounds, probably, you know, around earlier, uh, than most people like he, he might be my, my, uh, Michael Gallup or Mike Williams of, of last year's draft kind of this year. We'll see what happens moving forward. I also really like the tandem behind Devonta Adams, Alan Lazard and MVS. Look, Rogers is playing at an MVP level. Once again, we know it's all Devonta Adams and a little bit of the running backs. Rodgers wants to throw and throw often. He's proven a point. It's working very well. Even like first and goal in on the one yard line, they're throwing slants to, to throw touchdowns instead of run them in. Um, he just passed, you know, uh, Brett Favre for the Green Bay franchise record and touchdown passes. MVS is finally catching the ball. Alan Lazard seems to be healthy. Knock on wood. If both of these guys are also in that offense with, with Aaron Rodgers, then I'll take the upside on both of them, like Jalen Guyton. You don't know who it's going to be, uh, but I do like the upside there as well. And thankfully, you know, week 15, Rashad Bateman finally shows up for me. I've been calling him all season long. All right, let's bust out the tight ends and then a defense. And because Bob's on the show today, we're going to give a little kicker analysis as well early in the week before we get to Sunday. Okay, tight ends. Gerald Everett, we've talked about a little bit. CJ Ozama, uh, Cole Komet, Evan Ingram. Ricky Seals-Jones, if he's healthy enough to play, we'll see about tonight and then moving forward. And then just for Bob, we got to throw a shout-out to our boy, James O'Shaughnessy. So we're scraping the barrel here, but is there any tight end? We talked about Gerald Everett already. Is there any tight end on this list or somebody else that you guys want to spotlight here for a streamer? Everett, Uzama, Komet, Ingram, Seals-Jones, and O'Shaughnessy. I'll throw Troutman on the list as well. Anybody else? Bob, go ahead. Man, you know, first of all, James O, baby, four for 60. Come on. What else could you did, want? Did, huh? he, did he did he not win you like six and a half dollars or something earlier? Love this it. Season? Amazing. <laughs> it was it was five seventy-five after tax. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty sweet, man. Um yeah, so I mean I when it comes down to so one of the guys I did scoop up was Cole Komet, um, because they're playing Seattle next week. So in week 16. Seattle is one of the most, you know, top two matchup in my adjusted uh, tight end points per game metric. Uh, this week they have they have the Rams, so we're not going to see much, you know, backup tight end Tyler Higby's out. But prior to that, Seattle's been very vulnerable. Commit, what bothers me about Commit, and why I'm, I even though the matchup's really good, and I'll probably be starting him next week because I don't have Pat Firemuth. The problem is you watch his targets, and they're not like. They don't manufacture – how to explain it? It's not like pure routes where he's running a nice little, like, little seam route and they hit him in the middle. It's a lot of like weird dump-offs and you know kind of broken play type stuff to Cole Komet, which is not the best play, not what I like to see. But Seattle's been very good against perimeter receivers, and I think that's funneled a lot of work to the middle of the field, which is why the tight ends have been good against them. So I think Cole Komet, the way Justin Fields – listen, he, it, the, the score looks bad for the Bears last week. But they moved the football a lot. Justin Fields, they were constantly up and down. It was bad time fumbles. They actually uh, went for, They actually went, uh, lost on downs because they were down big. But they were constantly in the red zone last week. It just worked out where they didn't put up a lot of points. And then the last final drive, he does find the end zone. But still, I think Cole Komet, because of the matchup, because of his usage, he's on the field a lot. I think I'm okay with Cole Komet next week. I agree there. I think that's a good move. And Jimmy Graham's still around, but Cole Komet getting the work. Look, David Njoku was the guy that was going to put on the list, but Austin Hooper's coming back. I streamed him in one of my leagues to you know move on in the playoffs, and he had a touchdown called reversed. He should have had a touchdown. He, they called it back. He had another big, long play that he dropped, another one over his head by my boy Nicky Mullins. And Njoku was about five inches away from like 25 fantasy points, kind of crazy. 
All right, Jordan, we're going to wrap it up here with the defenses and the kickers. I'm going to save kicker for Bob just because defenses, though. We got some DSTs here. Eagles, Seahawks, Bengals, Jaguars, believe it or not, Jets, and Chargers on my list. My favorite two are the Eagles and Chargers. How about yourself? Yeah, those are probably my top two. The top one is going to be the Eagles. I had added the Eagles defense pretty much everywhere I could when the news broke um, about um, Heineke um, uh, being on the COVID list and them having to go to backup who also ended up being on the COVID list. And so now knowing that uh, or when it looked like the Eagles defense was playing a third string quarterback, uh, I was adding them everywhere I could specifically for this week. Now with the news of Daniel Jones being out and potentially facing either Glennon or Jake Fromm, uh, Sterling Shepard being out, um, and all the injuries to the Giants' offense. I mean, yes, the Cowboys have a have a pretty good defense this year, but I mean, just the way that that game you watch that game and the Cowboys were not worried at all and were playing very conservatively on offense and were just you know pretty in control on defense and would expect pretty much the same from the Eagles' defense next week uh, when they face off. I totally agree, man. Eagles looking good up against a couple different third-string quarterbacks. Jordan, I know you got to go. Bob and I are going to wrap up with our kickers. Appreciate you being on the show always, my man. Make sure to check out my man Jordan Delavalle on Twitter at jdelavalle 7 Best of luck to your Eagles, man. Have a great night and enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good night too. Bye, Jordan. See ya. All right, Bob. Let's wrap up here with the kickers and then we'll sign off. Jason Sanders. And Brandon McManus are kind of my two guys, but you got Reggie Bullock. You got all sorts of names every single week. I know you haven't done your deep dive kicker analysis, so I'm putting you on the spot on purpose. I don't expect a full rundown of kicker analysis, but give me a name or two you're looking forward to if you need a streamer kicker this week. You know, Sky, this is not, this is, this is bad. This is bad kosher. I, I just, uh, um, well, okay, so I'll tell you this. So based on my metrics, you know, the, the teams that have – so the teams that actually allow the most points to kickers um, is kind of not the most accurate way of looking at kicker the kicker to play each week because kickers miss field goals. And that does not reflect it in the actual points per game allowed. So what I do is I look at how many attempts, like drives per – so basically I use drive stats from football outsiders and I look, this is kind of just the background. So why I'm talking about this is because it's not just as simple as saying, all right, how many kicker points per game does this team allow? It's about how many drives does the team face and how many kick uh, field goals do they uh, allow per drive? So it gives us more accurate looks. And I looked at for offensive defense, yada, yada. The Jets are the best matchup for kickers in my metric. Uh, and they're playing the Jags. And the Jags universally are their kickers available. And I, off the top of my name, I can't remember his name. So if you're looking for a deep name, um, that kicker could be someone's an option. But like I said, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense is not great. So they're not going to finish that high in my metric. But um, I am going to defer tomorrow. I'm sorry. I know, Sky, you got me on waiver wire right now. I know this is a hot commodity here. But um, without actually having the data in front of me, because I have not updated it, um, but I will say is my top five matchup for kickers is the Jets, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Raiders, and the Saints. So the Jets are facing the Jags. The Jags are facing the Jets. So those are also good matchups. The Dolphins have uh, the Saints and uh, Brett Maher. So Maher could be a really nice play. He's been decent the last couple of weeks. Um, Detroit is facing against Youngway Koo. He's mostly owned in most leagues. Um, the Raiders have the Broncos as Brandon McManus. He's owned in about half a leagues. Uh, so you could probably get Brandon McManus if he's available. But like I said, tune in tomorrow. I'll have my spreadsheet updated. We'll talk about kickers in that show. My two names are Jason Sanders and Brandon McManus. You just mentioned both of them going up against the Saints. Jason Sanders, ninth points given up against the kickers for the Saints. And then Brandon McManus, uh, in Vegas indoors, both of these indoor kickers, third most fantasy points. For the Raiders against uh, Brandon McManus. I want my kicker inside this time of year, Bob. We got weather. We got cold. We got wind. We got rain. We got snow. I want my kicker inside. I want my kicker on the best offense I could possibly have. Jason Sanders, Brandon McManus at the top of my list. Beach chiming in here. We got a couple of questions, Beach. We're only going to get to one tonight. Bob, real quick. As of right now, are you comfortable drafting Najee Harris first pick next year? No. I'm not a Najee Harris guy. It's Jonathan Taylor. He's talking about first-round pick. Um, I need to see who's the quarterback for the Steelers. 
Um, is it going to be Big Ben? Is he going to retire? Who's the replacement? I mean, honestly, Mason Rudolph is a disaster. Um, the offensive line, you know, those issues kind of still have, are still a problem. I mean, I think with Najee, over the last maybe like five or six weeks, he's kind of settled into that low-end RB1 instead of that elite top three option. But at the same time, there's going to be guys like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams at the receiver position I'd rather have. Um, you know, obviously the JTs of the world, the Dalvin Cooks and those guys we're going to want over him, CMC, etc. Um, I will probably view him as a top 15 pick, uh, but it really depends on who the quarterback is. Can they go get a Russell Wilson, for example, and get him on the team? I don't know, but that's that's what I'm going to need to see, because if it's if it's Mason Rudolph, I'm not too confident in that in that team overall. Beach, I am a super Najee Harris fan. I totally agree with Bob. Absolutely agree. I need to find out who the quarterback is. I need to see what this offense looks like. I need to see if they have the same offensive coordinator. Of course, it's going to be important. And is Juju coming back, right? Is Deontay Johnson going to be ready? Is Claypool still on the team? He's in hot water. What does this look like? And how's the defense looking as well? Because you want a good defense to help out your running back. But I agree with Bob as of right now, and it's very early. We're looking at Jonathan Taylor, probably my 101. But, of course, do not hold that to me later on. All right, we are going to get out of here, everybody. Thank you for tuning in with us. Shouts out to my man Jordan and Bob combining an episode. We need to do this more often, guys. It was really nice to be back in the saddle with you. Waiver wires for week 16, looking ahead to week 17. And, of course, the top 10 takeaways from Bob as well, bundled up into one episode. Enjoy the games tonight. Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up as well with the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Super Seahawks there as well. If you're still in the running, best of luck. Hope you guys go off tonight. If you need to play a little bit of defense, hope you guys don't go off against you. Come back and visit with us later on the rest of this week after you get your waiver claims for the rest of the episodes. And we'll get into the semifinals here on our way to the hashtag TCK titles. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. This episode and all episodes are brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online, your online sports betting experts. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in with us. Enjoy the football games and best of luck this rest of the week on Tuesday. For my man Jordan Della Valley and Bobby Lamarco, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll catch you next time, 525 in the books. I am your host, Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.